This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello and welcome to the Royal Blue Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Crow, and today I'm joined by the Echo's Everton FC correspondent, home and away, Joe Thomas. Joe, how are things? Yeah, not too bad. Cheers, Ian. Good, good. And we're also joined by, I'm back in the saddle, back in the Royal Blue saddle, <laughs> Everton statistician and Royal Blue contributor, Gav Buckland. Gav? Hi everyone, yeah. Just just for the purposes of the podcast, I just must point out for balance that Joe did make me this cup of tea. Okay. Oh. Oh, yeah, if you remember on Monday, he, was, he, he got a bit of stick, didn't he, for coming in, he not the cup did. of tea for uh, for bees. So just he did make food a cup of tea before I came on. It he was late. He didn't make a cup of tea, yeah. and he was slagged off as well by yeah. one of the commenters. But he offered me a cup of tea today. Any yeah. defence, Joe? Well, Chris doesn't like hot drinks. He doesn't, to be fair. So I, you know, I, and and yeah, Monday was a, a a chaotic environment. So you know, normal normal procedures yeah. and etiquette went out the window. I think, given the the gravity of what was happening. I've forgiven you, it's fine. And he did offer me, like I say, he did offer me a cup of tea um, today. And I only like to drink water anyway while we do a pod. Okay, let's uh, let's carry on. The agenda for today, we're going to talk about West Ham, obviously the build-up, yeah. the return of David Moyes. And uh, we're also going to touch on the, the points deduction appeal verdict. Gav, you um, haven't been on a Royal Blue podcast since, no. you know, the, the verdict came in. So yeah. let's, just, let's just begin with you. We've obviously been discussing you know, the ins and outs of it just before we came on air. But just, you know, again, your initial reaction to things yeah. and, you know, what what it means for the club. I think it's a good result for the club. Four points, it's... Um, I think it just basically reflects for me personally what, what the thinking has been, well, for me, on this pod, is that our arguments, our mitigations were at best flaky, uh, at worst probably did us more harm than good. And I thought the commission was quite right, and I said this in the first pod, Going back before Christmas, to quite right to to reject them all. Um, but the, the 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 big unanswered question was the ten points. How did they get there? And that was addressed in the by the appeal that, that actually saying they should have used some sort of framework to do so was was you know not legal or whatever. And um, they used the framework broadly of the EFL uh, on which Everton sort of agreed with. And that 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 was six points, um, and also as well this not acting in bad faith issue, which I think was yeah a bit of a strange one. In the commission there was some sort of contradictory statements made by the original commission. They did um, the first time that was used, it was in the commission's report and was not talked about before then. And, and the, the appeal panel was quite right to to throw that out that they shouldn't have said anything about Evan having not had a discussion with them during the hearing. At the same time, he did say at the very end that he did think that some of the bits that Evan had put in were, were incorrect, and he still regarded it as a bit of a mild aggravating factor. So, in terms of the decision, I think the four points is fair. It sort of fits in with what people think is equitable. Uh, the main concern I have, on the basis that every uh, every silver lining is a cloud, is the is the is what it means for the second commission, the fact that they threw out all of our sort of financial arguments indicates that there'll be no sort of in, in the said commission, anything that we can change in that as a result of the findings of the, of the first one and also as well you know, the actually, what they did in the appeal hearing and they didn't do in the original commission they give the numbers of the three years and if you remember on the first pod uh, when talking about this uh, a while back, we said like the, we've, the first year was a bad year, the second year was a a bad year in the third year was was a reasonably good year, and and our trend was going downwards. Now we've gone in going into this new cycle, which will be um, in front of the commission later on this season. 
I think you can work out from the figures that we must have lost for PSR purposes forty million pounds at least yeah. last year against ten million pounds the year before. At least forty million pounds, so that's why we breached. So that means the club are arguing that we're going on a downward trend. We've now started on an upward trend again, haven't breached. And I think a commission will looking looking at that will not be entirely happy by our by our approach on the basis we've got ourselves in a virtual level playing field to, to try and meet profits and sustainability we've now started spending again and I think that will negate anything around you know all these arguments about double jeopardy and, and stuff like that I think that will negate uh, those arguments and I think um, as a consequence I think the, the penalty the second commission I think may be slightly greater if that's in the in the more people expect them based on the fact that having been warned and breached and sort of they said put the brake on spending they said that that was the words they used in twenty one twenty two in twenty two twenty three we've started spending again and that will be a number of reasons for that that will be the purchase of the players and honor McNeil all that in the summer and I would imagine the interests on the loans that we've got are quite uh, exorbitant and I, and I think uh, the failure to control that. By the by, the club knowing full well that it was already sailing close to the wind, will will the a, a commission may not look kindly at that, and that's the concern I've got, and that will negate. I think as I say anything about double jeopardy, is that is the we went into the third year in third year the third year of this cycle that's going to be discussed in a reasonably good position. You know the breach is 105 million. We were on 60 million after two years. We could have easily overspent a little bit and live within the uh, 105 million, but we've obviously overspent by at least 40 million. And that's and, and that's, just that's and, as well. That's overspent by 40 million pounds after the after the deductions. Well, yeah, you can make out they probably allow 30 or 40 million for academy, you know, women's team, all that type of stuff. So that could mean when we report at the end of this month or during the course of this month for the 22-23 season. Our losses could be about eighty million quid, and that and that is, you know, that's a club that's being warned about overspending and has been in front of the commission. That's also a club that sold Anthony Gordon for. Yeah, that's after. Yeah, the Anthony Gordon money comes back. Yeah, in. and that that is the concern I've got. That I, I suspect, and then, and if they use the, the, this commission and the appeals evidence and the way they've approached it, how you manage your finances within the three years. Another commission looking at that will not look kindly at our behaviour. And that's a, that's a big concern for me in that third year. Yeah. You know, and, that, and, that's what, and I'm all right with the fact that the DP, I think that's really good, but it did open up some questions about what will happen at this second commission. George, just before I come on to you, on what uh, Gav just said, just a bit of housekeeping, I did forget to tell our viewers to comment, send us questions. <clears throat> Please also like, subscribe, and follow our YouTube channel. And... Echo Everton FC Facebook page. We're looking to be as interactive as possible, so get your questions in. Joe, Gav will answer them as uh, as best as they can. Joe, you know, just just back on Gav's point there, some interesting points, some concerning points from Gav's point of view. Do do you think that is the case? Is that is that your how you see it as well for the second? I think it's how we've seen it ever since you know the the second charge made ever since the first commission came out. You know, one of the first things that I wrote at the time was that Everton could face another point of de- deduction, and that one of the the big fears was there was a line in the initial commission report where Everton had tried to argue that the trend was positive and that was a, a mitigating factor. And the Premier League had said, well, look, you know, you're talking about a positive trend in the year ending 22. 
look what happens in 23 when you start spending again. Commission didn't rule upon that because 23 was outside of their remit at the minute. But it was very clear from an early from the minute that first report came out that the Premier League took a very very dim view of the sum of spending under Frank Lampard, the yeah, the James Garner, the Dwight McNeil, the Neil Mopai, the Amadou Anana, uh, and some of the other deals around that. Now, I was hopeful that maybe they'd managed to counterbalance that by selling Andy Gordon. Uh, and the Moise Keane deal came into fruition there. Obviously, significant yeah. numbers were reduced from the wage bill. Uh, they got money for going to Australia. Um, so you kind of hoped that that there would be comfort within the next set of finances and that if Everton were to have breached again, then essentially it would have been because the damage was done in the early years and they could still make an argument for a positive trend. That looks unlikely to be the case based on what we can see. And there's, there's, there is a significant amount of guesswork done from the numbers that are in the figures, but everything points towards the trend breaking down and going back up again. And that's a real problem, bearing in mind the warnings that Everton were operating under. I think that the big issue is, you know, I wrote in the immediate aftermath of the verdict coming out that this was a this was a case that there were no winners from. The Premier League have handled this uh, appallingly and, and have only strengthened the case for independent regulation. Everton have got four points back, but there were some wider losses within that report that I think are quite damning on the club and wrote that on Monday, but also quite worrying for the second case. I think a lot of people are looking at the the success in getting four points back and thinking, you know, our oh, two legal errors were found in, and that's the, the, the appeal commission's words, two legal errors were found in the initial um, findings and, and, and that bodes well for Everton. Well, Everton won the moral victories. They won the victories over 10 points being disproportionate, 20 pounds ever been handed out. They won the victory over not being seen to have acted in bad faith. They lost all the accounting ones, all the financial arguments, all the technicalities. They lost. And I think ultimately it boils down to, you know, as much as we want to probably try and pitch it as a victory for Everton, really what's gone in, they've gone in there, they've had three days of arguments. And what's essentially come down to is they've gone and said, look, lads, it's nine point for administration. Giving Everton 10 points is a bit harsh. And the Appeal Commission have gone, yeah, that's a good point, and we'll bring it to under under administration. That's pretty much the extent of the yeah. arguments. That, that, you know, after Evan got charged for a second time, the, the, the big play was was twofold. One, a significant fear of double jeopardy because the new case will, two of the three years in the new case will already be dealt with. Um, and the other one was this idea that they would hope to have some success over some of the technical arguments in the appeal that then may reform some of the calculations and that then might either bring Everton within compliance for the, the year that's now under scrutiny or closer to the limits, and which would help strengthen their case. There is absolutely nothing in the appeal verdict to suggest that they've had any success on any of those areas. And that's clearly going to be a problem. Uh, still guesswork, and we still don't know what the mitigating factors were. Yeah, it may well be obviously the appeal verdict. They weren't what, what they weren't allowed to do. The Everton legal team is bringing new evidence, so yeah, to the appeal. So maybe if they recalibrate, take a step back, and reassess going into the second case, they might be able to find some other supporting documents, other supporting evidence, which might strengthen some of the case, the arguments that they've already lost. But it doesn't look very good for the second case. One of the things I haven't asked and I probably need to do so today is you know, whether Everton now actually accept that they breached for the second time because that was unclear the first time. It sounded like they disputed it. 
because they thought some of the calculations were still up for dispute. It now looks like a second appeals, a second independent commission has ruled against them on those calculations. So do they now dispute that they were even in breach? And yeah, that's going to be quite significant as well. So I think there's a lot to be concerned about. But I also think obviously that having had six points off them again, um, you know, already whilst whilst a new case bodes poorly for Everton and if they if the trend goes up and against all these warnings they spend lots of money that they didn't have the remit to spend that's going to be an aggravating factor obviously there are still the parameters of things like administration and stuff like that so you'd hope that it wouldn't be a, a huge points deduction for the second time round and also Nottingham Forest have got to go through theirs as well but you know from a from a technical perspective there wasn't much to be pleased about from no. that appeals verdict for Everton we discussed at length Gav this you know what is obviously now going to be a major talking point um, over the next couple of weeks and months, this double jeopardy that obviously keeps getting banded around. Yeah. What what what's your understanding? Because we know it's not it's not going to be used in the same legal term as if you commit yeah. a crime twice. Yeah. That's not that's not the case. But from the outside looking in, it does seem Everton are going to be punished twice for same right. periods. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. This is where the I thought I thought the appeal was did something that the commission didn't do, and I was skipped the numbers uh, behind you know, for each of the years, and I want to bore everybody. But the two seasons that are left, so the two seasons that are counted in both, which, both, which is twenty, well, the, the two COVID seasons have been out, and twenty one, twenty two. That's they're like broadly fifty million and ten million, so the the sixty million in. That's going to, you know, do, do, that remains. And this is where I think the double jeopardy rule doesn't apply because mm-hmm. they give a view on those two seasons last time out. But this time, they only add up to 60 million. They don't add up to more than 105 million, do they? They only add up to 60. So any new commission looking at it says, well, if you behave yourselves in this, you know, this year we're just talking about, then double jeopardy doesn't apply because you, you, you will be within the limits. You're going to overspend. Your overspend is purely what you've done in a season that's not being looked at, which is 22-23, isn't it? The season we're talking about where we've overspent by 40 million. That's what's caused you to breach. Mm-hmm. And I, I I suspect that, and this is just an opinion, I don't I on that, I don't think the double jeopardy thing has much weighting because the two seasons that have been counted twice, they don't add up they add up to considerably less. Than 105 million quid, it was up to Everton then in the third season to manage, and, and they talk about this a lot in the in the appeal to to, to make sure they live with 105 million. They've got a lot of wriggle room. They can overspend by 30 million in that year and still live within live within the limits, but they overspend by more than 40 million. And I think if a commission looking at the precedent sent by the appeal board will will purely judge their overspend and their breach on what they did in that season because that was the season that they should have managed and and the appeal board 
made great great play about clubs managing over the three year cycle. That in the in that third season, if you've overspent in the first two, you cut your spe- your spending down. They made a lot of play about that, and I think this commission may just there's a risk. I'm not saying have to forget about double jeopardy. They'll just say you were on sixty million going into the final season. You've got plenty of wriggle room there to live within the limits, but you've still overspent considerably. You know, and we are just going to we are just going to apply a sanction on that basis. I'm not going to deduct anything over what you've done previously because if you hadn't overspent, you would have been within the limits anyway. And I, I think, I think there's a there's a possibility that will that will that will happen. So the double jeopardy thing is set aside. And then this goes. We, me and Joe spoken about this on the pod, haven't we? Is there some stuff obviously going this third season that we don't know about with the results and not not happened, not being given the, the report. The annual report's got to be out by the end of March, hasn't it? There's some stuff in there that we may not know about. Which is why it's been that's so the concern. Yeah. To obviously, you know, like to defend to defend the club more vehemently over the second charge, but yeah. without knowing the numbers, comes down why the club haven't released the numbers. Yeah. And it's not in the Premier League to do so, or the Commission. We're not going to know the numbers for the second charge. I mean, yeah. So, so, so sorry. Yeah, just to explain. So this charge that's going to be discussed by by the Commission. Is for the two COVID seasons average yeah. out twenty two twenty three. Those annual reports and those financial figures are in the public domain. Twenty one twenty two. Yeah, the the third season, which which we've said we've breached over, those financial figures aren't in the public domain. Yeah, I think we have until the end of end of March to to, to produce them. So we'll have some clarity on that yeah. at some point this month because yeah. the club will have to release the accounts for. I think Liverpool did theirs yesterday. So we will get a little bit more insight, but obviously there's been no move to release those numbers early. That's up to the club, of course. Like that's that's not there's nothing unusual in that. They're well within their rights to do so, but it's been hard to kind of make a, a really strong case in defence of the club on for the second case without knowing what those numbers were. Partly because, you know, I can't sit here and say. Bearing in mind, we know about how that club has been run over recent years, that there wasn't going to be something within the new figures that comes as a surprise. Because everything from the outside looking in, you know, from our perspective, it felt like a bit of a surprise when the second charge came. Absolutely. Because you looked at 22-23 and you thought all that money's come off the wage bill from different players leaving and things like that. Obviously, we know that there was a degree of spending in the summer under Lampard, but you know that the way in which the figures work out, obviously, it's only, you, you pay the fees according to how long the contracts are, so it's not upfront cash. Added on to that, you know the the way the, the backward way in which it works, the accounting, all the anti, all the money they got for Anthony Gordon comes in and onto the books. So that's all one positive. You think that probably probably balance, the, the fees they committed to spending for the first year under the, in the summer probably cancelled out by the money they got for Anthony Gordon, yeah. but clearly there are there are other bits working in the background. And there would have been things like the loss of the USM sponsorship money that, that was coming in for things like the training ground, stuff like that. That would have disappeared off the record because obviously those deals were suspended by that point. But the, the worry is that the, the, the most kind of, the easiest way to read the, the most obvious way to read the numbers in the appeals verdicts leave you only with the conclusion that Evan had the scope to lose a lot of money and still be compliant and yet it looks like they've lost so much money that even with all the deductions that are allowable even with the leeway 
even with the sale of Andy Gordon and, and some of the other deals, they still lost so much money that they appear to be, well, they're at least accused of being in breach. Uh, and that blows things like double jeopardy and yeah. positive trends to yeah. the biggest mitigating factors out of the water. Now, again, we haven't seen the numbers and it may well be that, you know, I'm not an expert in this stuff. Maybe, maybe I mean, Gav is, you know, does know what he's talking about, but you know, there is scope for misinterpretation. That might yeah. be that, you know, the appeal are only given the appeal verdict only contains some of the numbers and you know, aren't presenting the whole picture. They're only presenting the relevant picture for that argument that they were dealing with and things like that. So we, we don't know, can't say for certain, but probably one of the biggest things to emerge from this week up in the fact that Evan got four points back and moved five points clear the relegation zone is that the picture for 22-23 for the second case certainly looks a lot more troubling than we perhaps hoped it would do. Yeah. Uh, Joel comes to you on this one. James Graham on YouTube has said, this doesn't get around the fact that this was a financial breach, so it should be a financial penalty at Everton. I know we, we, we've been back and forth on this. There's, there's, there's so many you know, what seem to be options for, for punishments that have been banded around. But, okay, we've got four points back and, the, you know, the deduction is still mm. six. Are we still not being harshly treated? No. No. No, because I think this stems from this argument and this and this position stems from a misinterpretation from some people of the original verdict, this idea that they're getting the sporting sanction for a non-sporting offence, and that's just not the case. I think a lot of the argument, a lot of the narrative around this is that Everton have been punished for building the stadium and that's not the case because the stadium costs don't come into this. They don't fall within the PSR calculations. That money is, is seen as something separate. Everton are in this position because they spent lots and lots of money in the transfer market, gambling on either being able to climb the table and reap the rewards of merit payments in European football, which they failed to do. And then secondly, gamble on the fact that if those players didn't work out, they'd be able to still sell them for substantial sums, which obviously they also weren't able to do. In case some of that was because of COVID and that was unfortunate. There is, like, don't get me wrong, there is misfortune in Everton's situation. There are lots of clubs that have tried to make a leap up the table, make a competitive leap, and haven't had the world fall from beneath them at the time when they come under scrutiny. Everton have had that both through COVID and through the Russian invasion of Ukraine. But this is very much a case of essentially Evan ex- recklessly spending money, gambling on a situation which didn't materialise, and then you know floundering when it comes to being held accountable for that. You know, most of the reason that you know, there are lots of been there been lots of been made as technical arguments around interests on loans and things like that, and these are really actually just a very small part of it. And rather than focus on, say, the £15 million or so of, of, of loans, which takes Everton from, you know, maybe £104 million to £120 million, so they cross that threshold, really what the focus is on, how have Everton got to that £100 million over in the first place? And that's because of the transfer spending. Yeah. And look, Everton... I, one of the reasons why it's really, really harsh on supporters is that Everton didn't get a competitive advantage from the money that they spent. But the reason they didn't get that competitive advantage is because they spent so badly. But obviously what they were doing is they were spending players, bringing in, you know, spending transfer fees and money on wages to try and move up the table. The fact that those, the fact that the signings didn't work out doesn't make it a not a sporting 
advantage that Everton were trying to gain because they were trying to move up the table by doing it. And that's why a sport and penalty is, 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 is deemed relevant because Everton were trying to gain the, situ- situ- the system. They were, they were hoping that they would be able to outrun the rules and however much money they spent, they would be able to earn it back by, as I say, moving up the table and becoming more competitive. But they gambled on that. And obviously when it didn't work, because clearly it was a castle built on sand, because you look at the churn in directors of football and managers and yeah. lack of patience and, and, and the ad hoc approach to signings and, you know, you signing free number 10s in a summer and things like that. That's that's what all this is based on. It's not about the stadium. It's not about stadium interest payments. You know, all, all, a lot of the focus has been on the, the small amounts that have taken Everton in breach but really, they only matter because Everton were in such a dangerous position so already, and that is because of the historic spending on things like transfer fees and wages. Yeah. Gav, I've got a question directly aimed at you. Oh, a little bit of a disagreement, so we could have oh, okay. a nice little debate. So David O'Leary on YouTube, and I think it's it's geared towards the double jeopardy point just yeah, yeah, yeah. reference. So says David says, I see your point, Gav, but I disagree. By definition, they have to judge our spending over three years, not just the last one. Yeah. Therefore, double jeopardy must come into the ruling. We've made it difficult though. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree. I, I'm just, I'm just thinking back to what the and the appeal was placed a lot, lot of weight on this. It was and and the, the clues there in the, in the in the question, isn't it? You manage your spend over three years, and going into the third year, which you're not seeing the results for yet, we were within the limits. Mm-hmm. We we only had yeah, you know, unlike the the previous commission where we were over the limits after two years and then put the brakes on. On this occasion, we were within we were within the limits, and so therefore going into this this. 2223 as long as we behave ourselves and in, indeed we can overspend a little bit we'll still be within the limits but we we obviously overspend considerably and by a considerable amount based on what we're saying and that that is the way the, the commission may look at it they we don't care about the previous two years we compare we, we what we care about is these this this, this three-year cycle and if you debate behave yourselves in the last year and, and spent you know, a reasonable amount, uh, even over over your budget, is it okay? This would be the last year, though, that where Lampard was yeah, in charge, yeah, yeah. So this is struggling. Yeah, this is this is this about so spend, though, wasn't it? So. Well, I, but the, the commission don't look at that. The, no, I, 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 they, I agree. They, but I'm not. I, yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah, go on. no, no. But that's what the commission the commission don't really care about those factors. They they speak about that in, in, in sorry the appeal speak about that in the in the. Um, in their verdict, where you are on the table is irrelevant, and then you and and, and that and, and it's irrelevant for how you're going to get punished. Is we've all you know, there may be a reading in 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 the forthcoming mission that say Everton took a risk like they did under the Machiri at the start of the Machiri era that in 22 when we bought a load of players, we were like taking a risk to try and keep ourselves in 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 in, in the Premier League. Um, and 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 so that, that and that's caused you to overspend by you know a considerable amount in twenty two twenty three, and that's why, why we're going to punish you. We're going to punish you because you failed to manage your expenditure in the final year, um, and that caused you to breach. When if you manage your expenditure properly, you would not have breached. And I think that that could be quite damaging to us. I do get the double jeopardy thing, but I don't. I I I'm, I'm only. The commission may 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 do that. Uh, what I'm saying is based on what and and appeals and commissions deserve precedence based on the lines in the in the appeal that says we look at clubs over the three year cycle and how you manage it. 
um, and are going to punish you on that basis, they may, a forthcoming commission may just punish us on the basis that in the third year, we had a good chance to live within limits and live within the um, live within the PSR, be overspent. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons we overspent is because of the expenditure you're talking about there and the, the, the Lampard, uh, the Lampard's summer of 2022. And... Um, they may not look at that. I'm just flagging it up. That based yeah, on the field, that they that. do this over a three-year period. And, and look, like we're not saying that the Premier League rules and regulations are fit for purpose. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, I think there's a lot to think that's to clear, suggest that's clear. But again, on the flip side, we have to say that Everton signed up to all of these rules, and they and have always people at the club should should always have been aware of these rules. That that which you know is, is part of the problem with with. Pointed at them as, as a big problem um, for, for in you know in the specifics of the case, but the reason they have over three years is because of this idea that if you just have a stinker of a year, if for, so, if for some reason one year lots of unprecedented or yeah. unexpected things go against you, you then have two years to balance it out by sensible and prudent spending. And obviously with Everton, it doesn't look like that was the case. Now, probably you know, what Gav's alluding to with double jeopardy is in the in the the, the time frame for the breach we've already heard about where Everton got six points deducted for obviously there's technically there's three years there after the first two years Evan were already 111 million pounds over or, or they're already on minus 111 million pounds after all the deduct all the deductions so they knew they had to make up the only way that they were going to get out of a breach was by making a profit now they didn't do that but what they did do was they managed to curtail their spending so much that that third year was a very, very minor breach. And what they were able to do with that was go into this commission and saying, as a mitigating factor, you can see that we have changed our trajectory here. Yep. There's been a clear change in approach to a more financially sensible and prudent operating way of operating. We're on the straight and narrow. We've made mistakes in the past, but we're on the straight and narrow. Now, logic would dictate that if you're going to say that third year we adopted good practice and that should be as a mitigating factor, that if we then roll into the next year and the next year goes up significantly, that that's an aggravating factor. And that's yeah. that's the problem where Evan look like they're going to be in. Can you just explain a little bit? Of like, Go hopefully, for you well, okay. stage. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. It's like, and it's comical. Why are we talking like this? Why are we talking about our centre halves or something like this? Is imagine a scenario where the commission that just happened, the three year cycle was we started off with a really good year, then ended up with two really bad years. Right, okay. And we still ended up with 120 million over, but that was because of the last two years were bad years. And we were, you know, we were fined, you know, six points. Right, okay. They then roll that forward, and those two bad years roll forward into this current commission, I think that will be a genuine double jeopardy because you've got two really bad years that you've been basically found six points for and therefore, yeah, the the, 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 the new commission will say, well, you've already had six points for those two years in the previous commission, so therefore we've got double jeopardy applies. But it wasn't, is it? Because we didn't get two bad years carried forward. We had one bad year and one good year carried forward, which kept us well within the £105 million limit. And therefore, those those two years effectively previously didn't affect the calculation. Mm. And so I, I would argue that maybe a commission may say double jeopardy doesn't apply. It was only applied if you carried forward two bad, really bad years into this this uh, this you know this hearing. 
but who knows? I don't know. I just just my feeling. I haven't read the appeal and the way they they look at. They look as I say. They look how you manage your finances in the three years. And if you got a property manager in your third year, and we've not managed it in the third year, and the commission may may really and that's what it can't be. and that's yeah. that's the most logical reading of the appeal. And we're still yeah. dealing with guesstimates here. Yeah, and we don't know how a new commission will approach some of the original evidence because they might be able to produce some new stuff that might support their case. But it doesn't look good. Now we don't know where that would lead us with a point deduction because obviously I think the starting point it looks like would be one whether or not they're in breach. They're alleged to have been in breached. Um, and two would be how much they're in breach. And we're talking about figures of 40 odd million pounds. What we're talking about is figures to take Evan above 105 million pounds. All, all we know about the, the second yeah. case is Evan are accused of being over that 105 million pound limit. We don't know how much. Obviously, there's probably going to be a difference to starting point for a penalty if they're found to be a difference between if, it, if it's one million pound over, then there'll be probably different starting points with their. Twenty million pound over, or forty million pound over, whatever. And we don't know what numbers we're looking at. And then after that, things like the trend might be aggravating and mitigating factors rather than a starting yeah. point. But yeah, so we can't say where this would leave Everton in relation to how big the penalty would be. But I think that I think that anybody who is approaching this scenario and not expecting Evan to get another points deduction of, of some sort could be one point, you know after all the arguments hurt, but I think it'd be naive to think that we're not going to get another points deduction based on what we have seen so far. Yeah. Well, we're getting a lot of questions on Double Deputy, so I think <laughs> yeah, that yeah. that's just something that's going to roll on, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah I, absolutely. I hope, you know, you guys, I think you've, you have explained it, you know, perfectly well. I, I, don't, I don't see any issues with it. I just, <clears throat> I just think it's such a complex case that I just don't think we f- we fully understand until you know a verdict is. We, we don't know, do we? I, exactly. Do you you've seen like the, the commission who are ex- who are legal experts, who are legal commission KCs and whatever? Like you know, they would they were accused of only making mm. two two legal errors, and that's their their day job. So we're just we're just we're just I'm just summarising what I what I feel the commission coming up will look at based on what we've seen by the precedent set by the appeal. Uh, board and their comments and in, and you can but that's only my opinion in, that may change we don't know what the accounts will look like and that might might impact on how they look at things as well I mean you've already stated it Joe that you know the, the QC you know Silk obviously went in there and just stated the obvious of what we, what yeah. we well he made, he made nine he made nine rounds of arguments no, of course, not often yeah. focus on the finances yeah. but but again it was very clear in the appeal of the verdict the appeals board upheld the original decision of the commissions on almost everything, anything that was money related, anything that was numbers related. The appeal commission upheld the original commission's view and argue whether or not they were right or wrong to do so. But what does feel clear is that now two separate panels of this framework agree with each other on that. So it'd be, it'd be naive whether, again, whether we agree with them or not, it'd be naive to think that a third commission of, of, of people that are taken from the same set of set of group, the same set of peers, they're going to come up with a different, especially now that there's a, a precedent that's been set. Yeah. It's very difficult to see that they're going to come up with any different conclusion based on some of those arguments around things like Russia's invasion of Ukraine, the pandemic, Player X, all that other stuff, you know, the interest payments on loans and stuff like that. It's very difficult to see how any of that background is going to change where you know, the Everton appeal did have success on, as I say, was that 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 benchmark. One of the things that we were coming out of saying is, 
you know, it's nine points for administration. That's the worst thing a football club can do. It's so much more of a severe impact on the wider football community and the initiatives and the schemes and the businesses in the local community that dependent on having a thriving local football club. All of that are impacted. It's ridiculous that Everton for a twenty million pound breach should end up getting the biggest points deduction in that. And lo and behold, the appeals committee went, Yeah, you know what, you're you're right, like and they reduced it down to six and that's good. Yeah, and we there are further legitimate arguments on that when you look at things like the you know, the European Super League and what those clubs threatened to do and how they were punished. There's a disparity there. I think when you look at the West Ham case with Tevez and, and Mascarano, you know, it, it when you look in the context that we're now looking at it now, you, you, you think how did how did they not end up with a more severe punishment? But but obviously these are historic arguments that aren't going to come into this. Now, but the, the, so. the historic arguments that are relevant as well, because the, first of all, I don't think anyone's, no one's denying about Everton's, you know, guilt with regard to this. We all know that, but the Premier League have also shot themselves in the foot with not developing a clear framework of punishment for this set of, set of circumstances. But the problem on this is the, so what the Premier League will say about a lot of those cases I've just mentioned is there wasn't a framework in place to deal with those. So they didn't have, they didn't, didn't have a process whereby they could adequately punish them because they just hadn't anticipated those things happening. But if you're going to set no, 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 rules. wait, 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 wait. So the problem with this is, with everything that Everton are accused of doing, there was a set of rules in place. There's a set of rules that's been in place since 2013, yeah. and Everton have been complicit in creating and establishing those rules, and therefore should have known about them and known what it, where they should be sitting within them. And that's the problem. We can argue around the historic cases. Yeah. What, what Everton can't turn around and do here is say, oh, we had absolutely no idea about this. Or even that this is a situation that Premier League clubs and you know, and the Premier League as a whole hadn't considered happening because from 2013 these these things were said. So no, I mean, I, I, obviously, I'm sorry, I'm not, sorry. I'm not um, disagreeing with with any of that. I think the framework should have been set. If you're going to set rules, you need to set punishments. So historic cases of punishments of teams being deducted points or being fined, they're historic and relevant to what. Everton are doing now. So, you know, Everton have been deducted 10 points based on a commission's decision, but it was so glaringly obviously wrong that now it's, it's been reduced down to a six-point deduction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think if if they got it right in the first place, I'm not saying this would have happened, but it could feasibly have happened. If the point deduction at the start was six, we could be talking now on an appeal that it could have been reduced to by a by enough further two points. I'm not sure about that. I don't think the commission was, you know, glaringly and obviously wrong. They got a I lot right, so. didn't they? they no, what they, they got they, wrong was... They, they were wrong in the punishment, though. Got, yeah, in the punishment, yeah. And I, I think what you're saying there, that you're talking about the, sanction, the Premier League not having a sanctioning policy, that, that if you overspend by so much, you know, oh. you know that, that that's one of the things. That's my understanding. Yeah. Didn't, did it? So it, it, if, if you've broken profits and sustainability yeah. rules, you are going to be deducted 10 points. That was right. not... That was okay, not yeah. And, and one of the reasons for that is, in 2020, the, the Premier League clubs are last way in the... Do you want a specific sanctioning policy that says if you overspend by five million, you get one point? You know, you overspend by ten million, you get two points. Or do you want something that you leave it they're open to common sense and the circumstances of an individual club? And they chose the latter. So all this thing about the Premier League getting stick about you haven't got a sanctioning policy in place, and and the commission, the uh, the appeal commission mentioned this. 
that's not the Premier League in the rivalries. I was saying this is what we're going to do. That is the clubs who are stakeholders in the Premier League actually telling the Premier League this is what we want. We do not want a sanctioning policy. We want each individual commission to look at a case in, you know, in its own, on its own merits because every case is different. And I get that. Um, but there's people going out saying the Premier League have messed this up and it's all there for etc. Well, it isn't really. Uh, if you include the Premier League as the Premier League and all the clubs, yes, but it's not. It's not Masters himself or the Premier League board. It, it, it's the clubs, and that's what they wanted. And um, like they wanted profit and sustainability in 2013. So I think based on that, they just yeah. wanted to stop a, a Chelsea and a, Man, and a Man City happening and, and a Newcastle happening. That was that was based. That was surely it was based on. I know profit and sustainability and stuff yeah. like a Leeds happening and a Portsmouth. I, I get all that, but I think the the main factor behind that was other clubs who couldn't spend big was to stop a, a big owner coming into a, a club and spend spending billions of pounds to make that club well, what do you think Machinery was trying to do? That's exactly what he was trying well, to do. But football over the years has been based based on that though. Don't do you not think? Well it has and that's led to the problems with, with fairness. And the profit and sustainability isn't fair, really just entrenches in the haves and the have nots. Yeah. But it's a system of rules. That the yeah, that's the separate. The PSR why that happened, and this is slightly, slightly different uh, discussions, aren't they? But I think you know, and and the commission sources didn't really say a lot about the Premier League. You know, the appeal commission didn't really say a lot about the Premier League, other than the sanctioning policy and masters sort of arguments over like the cost of a point in terms of squad terms, which they threw out. So about their behaviour, it didn't really say a lot, and. Um, you know, that was quite telling, really. It, it, it fired bullets at two parties, didn't it? Everton and the original commission. The Premier League was basically, they didn't say a lot about. And uh, we should all, you know, that should be acknowledged. I'm not defending the Premier League here. And what I'm saying is I think a lot of the state the Premier League's got about corruption or that, I don't don't agree with. But but, no, it's, but, but, but it is a learning experience that. for them. And, and what we are, this, you know, it's a learning experience for everybody involved in the Premier League. This isn't it, because it's just become a shambles. And you've got that, like, now a second commission and an appeal by what? Yeah, the 24th it's, of it's, May, it's, it's which is after the end of the season. What did they say the other week? Was it comedy is tragedy plus time? You know, and, and we're seeing that. And um, Dice was asked yesterday, wasn't he, about it? You feel happy about it? We've still got another commission today, <laughs> yeah. Which had the two months from the end of the season, which is not great, is it? You can't beat a good Friday afternoon debate, Joe. I love it. We've also got a good comment for you here, Joe. Peter Collins on YouTube. Joe, you just summed up Everton up perfectly. A castle built on sand. I think that was in reference to one of your one of your earlier points. Yeah. Okay. So, Thank you. Um, well, I mean, we've been speaking for forty-five <laughs> minutes, and we haven't even mentioned West Ham, the big game on Saturday. So, I think we will leave <laughs> the points deduction appeal verdict there yeah. for now because. You know, I'm sick of it, to be honest. There's going to be plenty more rolling on. So we've got time, haven't we? We've got time to talk about West Ham. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Joel, let's go with you first. Now that we've got four points back, we've moved up the table, you know, a little bit clear of the relegation zone. Do you think, this is what I hope anyway... I don't know whether it'll be the case, but will Everton play now with a bit more freedom on the pitch, whether that's less pressure, maybe a little bit more attacking, will Dice change his tactics? What's going to happen? Dice isn't going to change his tactics. 
and anybody expecting attacking, flowing football is, is probably best heading elsewhere, oh, I think. I'm not going. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, and I think it should allow the players to play with a bit more freedom because I think that last time out at Goodison Park at Crystal Palace, we could all see how they were clearly burdened with the pressure and the expectation of being in a situation where not only they probably have to win, but everybody felt like it was a game that they should be winning and that, that clearly had a, a negative effect on them. You know, the, the four points changes the picture for this game quite dramatically, I think. Um, it doesn't become... There might be an argument, say the appeal had come back on Monday and, and upheld the 10 points. Then this there might be an argument say this was a must-win game. You know, nine league games that are win. Worst record in 30-odd years. Real issue. You look at the games to come, away at Old Trafford massive break because the derby's now been postponed away at Bournemouth away at Newcastle yeah there's a free tough games I mean they're all winnable you know they're like they're like they're all those sides are gettable and Everton are more effective at getting at teams away from home but you know you haven't got a clue which main United's going to turn up and Bournemouth and Newcastle are both have both been competitive sides at times this, this this league, so you don't want to go into those games needing wins. So it'd be helpful if Everton break that dock against West Ham. But again, the context has changed. It probably isn't a must-win anymore. Now it's a case of it'd be a really handy game to win. It's an important game. It'd be an important game to win. And if they don't win it, it only just inc- ratchets it up the pressure. And with mm. the fixtures Everton have got coming up and the break they've got coming up, what it will do is allow some of those clubs around Everton to... You know, build their own momentum, maybe either catch up in Luton's case, overtake in Forest or Brentford's case. You know, the table could look worse before it begins to look better again. And you just don't want to be in that you want to be in that situation where Evan are ahead of the curve, not behind it. Also, I mean look, we started talking about the fact that Evan are probably more likely than not to get another point deduction of some sort this season. Say we had no idea how big or small that could be. It could literally be one point, could be, you know, whatever. But again, Everyone want to build a buffer to protect themselves from the worst case scenario. These are the games they could do with winning. They're not the games that they need to win because the games they need to win are still upcoming. They've got Burnley at home, Brentford at home, Forest at home, Sheffield United at home. Those are the four. They take 12 points from that. You think surely they're safe, whatever happens. But they also need to kind of just pick up points yeah. around that as well. And this is a real opportunity. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Gab, just, just on a couple of Joe's points then. You know, it's not a must win in the sense that we're going to be relegated if if we don't win or anything no. like that. But you know, looking at the the form, nine without a win is that that's right, isn't it? And yeah. We haven't won since December, which was obviously the Burnley game away, and now we're into the, we're going to be into well, we're in it now with the third month of the year without a, a league win. Yeah. It's the pressure's off, but the pressure is is very much still on, isn't it? Certainly for for Dice, we. You know, we know we're in a decent position compared to what we were, but we obviously need to we need to win just to for a bit of morale, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the other way of looking at it, we've got one defeat in six from a tough <laughs> run of fixtures, isn't it, really? I think that's what Dice would say. We, 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 I mean, nine without a win is a problem if you lose all nine, but if you draw a lot of them, it's maybe not you can get a point a game on average, and that's, you know, not the end of the world. Yeah, I, I agree it's a must-win game because I tell you why, if we do... All the other clubs around have got tough fixtures, haven't mm. they, this weekend? You know, without going into them. I think Luton have got Villa, Forest by Liverpool, okay. don't they? And Brentford, Chelsea and stuff. Um, I think. Um, so, we, um, we could be eight points out of Luton tomorrow. Yeah. 
by by the time they play. So it, it's a must win. Good if position you, to be in. Yeah, if you must win, if you look at it on on the basis of what it can do to the the morale of other clubs. I mean, Luton may look at that tomorrow, even allowing for the fact there's a future deduction and say, well, Everton have, have gone now. Um, so I think, um, yeah, it'd be oh, great to win. Sorry to interrupt yeah. there. Just that was the other point that Joe was talking about. It was, you know, we need a buffer, don't we? Because yeah. we don't know what's around We don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Forrest don't know what's around the corner as well, do yeah. they? Um, yeah, exactly. And this is this is why it's become farcical, isn't it? How much buffer do you want? <laughs> you know, uh, will it be double jeopardy or not? Double, you know, all the type of stuff. Yeah, and, and that's where the, 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 it, there's still that uncertainty that we've had off from the first commission has now just carried over to the second commission, hasn't it, really? Yeah, and I agree. I think the good thing for tomorrow, hopefully, is the crowd atmosphere, which is a bit has been a bit muted, hasn't it? You suspect that um, the uncertainty has affected the crowd as well as the players. I think with greater clarity around this commission and getting four points back, it just gives everybody a lift, doesn't it? And people see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. If we can get a few good home wins, as Joe was saying, then we could be you know, well well ahead of the curve, even if we get six points deducted off the off the next next commission. So yeah, big game. Just think it'd be difficult though, won't, won't it? Uh, it was a bit. It was called Brentford getting beat on Monday, but typical West Ham not won for they not won since December. Had they? Yeah. They produced score four. Um. So that, I think it'd be a difficult game, more difficult game on the pitch than what it was a week ago. To be honest with you. Well, the return of David Moyes again, former Everton manager Joe. Um, you know, looking at the head-to-heads of Everton and West Ham over the past couple of seasons, it's it's kind of like 50-50, you know, they won some, we've won some and a couple of draws, but we obviously got the, the better of them at the, the stadium at the back end of all the, you know, was it um, September, October, wasn't it? Something like that, I think it was October. So, you know, some West Ham fans are not too happy with David Moyes at this moment in time, are they? You would, you would definitely take their position at this moment in time. Yeah, you? absolutely. I mean, she's delivered them consistent European football and won a trophy with them. So, I mean, you know, it's... Careful what you wish for. Um, I don't know. Look, I don't I don't think it's wrong or inappropriate for football fans to be ambitious um, and to want to move up to, you know, the next stage from wherever they are. And, you know, West Ham are in a position where they're consistently top half and now they want to, you know, push on from that. And, uh, like, I think that's fair enough. And they probably have every right to want to be competing further into things like League Cups and FA Cups for the domestic trophies. Obviously, within the Premier League, they fall into that difficult remit where they're not in the you know the, the big six. And they're in that kind of awkward territory where you have several clubs on an upward curve like Brighton and Aston Villa and, and, and um, Newcastle United. So it's a very, very competitive field find, you know, fighting for those last European spots. Um, and I think really the best you can do is hope to be in the mix and just hope that it falls your way at the end of it, really. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously, they, they, they come on a lot under David Moyes. He deserves a lot of credit for, for what he's done there. I mean, this is a big fixture. When has this not been a big fixture? Like, you look at the two games last season, the away from home was the Frank Lampard's last game, game that it felt like either Moyes or Lampard would leave their roles after after it, whoever lost. Obviously, Lampard was one who lost and, and did. I mean, the one before that, and bloody, can you believe that this was last season? I mean, it was Evans' first win of the season under Frank Lampard, and you know, there was a long wait for that. And of course, it was Neil Mopé who got the goal. <laughs> it was his first Premier League goal for Everton, and I mean, you know, he's he's been um, a revelation, a revelation 
at Brentford this season, hasn't he? So, yeah, it's a you know it's it's a big game against a tough side. Could have done without them hitting form, but then how often do we say that? Evan, the team that teams in need of a bit uh, of a of a little bit of a boost come up against and, and get that boost against Everton. Hopefully they've got it out of their system now. Nothing for Everton to be afraid of. Look, Everton's defence is one of the best in the country. Um, so you know it kept Man City out for seventy one minutes. So why can't it keep West Ham out for ninety? Just going forward, that's the problem. And potentially central midfield because. We knew that Idrissa Gay was likely to be up in the air in terms of his availability because he came off against Manchester City with his groin issue. Obviously, Deitch dropped in the, the Amadou Anana groin injury yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. It came as a bit of a surprise. Yeah. It's come, the the complexion of the game on Saturday changes a lot if, say, for instance, it's it's found that neither Anana nor Idrissa Gay can play because then it's a big hole in the centre midfield. I'm not entirely sure how you feel it, but hopefully at least one of them's fit and... Really, I think Anana was start to make it. Anana was making a compelling case for starting, and I think the team without him was making a, a compelling case to say that it needed Anana in it. Mm-hmm. So, um, my hope is that if he's fit, he starts on Saturday. So we've had we've had no further updates, have we? Since yesterday, not since yesterday. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, this is going to be a little bit difficult, then, Gav. But should we go with our starting lineup? I mean, again, I'm, I'm going to incorporate this into the starting lineup, but. Beto, Carver Lewin, Carver Lewin again, another game without a goal. What what do we do? Starting line up. Last time did they do she don't have a sheet of paper like you do. Last time I ended up picking about thirteen players for the uh, yeah. it's a tough one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's a tough one. Um I think right back's an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah. Would you want Godfrey and Michalenko as your right right backs at home? Possibly not. You may want to let one of them to push on a little bit. Um do you want? You've got to play. If, if Nana's fit, yeah, yeah, yeah if Nana's yeah, fit, yeah, yeah, I've got I don't think Nana would... and James Garner all day long. If, if, if mm. Garner Gay's not, um, then Harrison, um, McNeil, and just the, like the normal Decore, Cav. I, I still keep Cav Lewin. Last goal was against West Ham, wasn't it? Decore mm. uh, a lot fitter. I thought last Saturday than what he did uh, the previous. Uh, uh, previous game, so I think um, I, I'm expecting to see him a little bit more near full fitness tomorrow. But I think which we'll benefit from. So that that'd be where I would start from. Um, we end up if Anana wasn't fit and Garner guy, do we end up in a position wasn't fit? Do we end up with a McNeil again in Probably, midfield with so. Young and I don't know. It, it, that, that opens up another can of worms. That's what I'll I go with tomorrow. The right back is just an incessant one. Yeah. I think I think we we're losing a little bit by not having one right back who who push on at the moment. We and do Godfrey's done a good good job, hasn't he? But it's a slightly different set of circumstances tomorrow. And it'd be interesting to I mean, there's a whole I mean we've got four potential right backs, haven't we, thought for it. That is a podcast in itself, isn't it, really? Um but yeah, I'd post Godfrey stroke Patterson maybe for right back tomorrow. I think that's worth looking at. Fantastic question. Here for you, Gav, that's going to put you on the spot. Regular YouTube contributor, the Blues, have said, given Gavs and Bonica as a stat man, I take it he knows our last league double over a team. Who was it? He's, he's actually put... Did you know the answer? He put the answer. He's put an answer. He's, he says, I believe, so... Well, we haven't had great away form, have we, for, for donkey's years? No. So, oh, this is a podcast in itself. I know. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's... I probably would. I probably wouldn't have got it. Do you, do you know what it I is? Have to play. No. 
I'll go. That um, he says it's Wolves' twenty twenty one season. Yeah, in I mean, the COVID season. COVID yeah, season. yeah, yeah. The Enigma season. The Enigma <laughs> season. Yeah, that's because we've not we've we've won very few fixtures away from home, have we? In in that time. We've won very few home fixtures. Well, that, well, that, well, that is a good point, yeah. though. Is that, well, that that's the thing, isn't it? About a home form, isn't it? We're saying that we've got all these good, good winnable home games, but actually, at home, our home form's dreadful. It is. Yeah. It, you know, it's, we have, it's got to pick up, and you can only win away from home so long. That'll that'll eventually catch up with you, and so we've got to start winning home games. And um, you know, what you know, better no better place to start than tomorrow, really. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll go prediction, Gav, then. Have you got, are you going to go positive? I, I, oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to go Everton to win. You just get the impression it'll be a set piece to my tongue if they need a team. Uh, Everton to win 1-0. I've just got a funny feeling. Talking about double jeopardy, double jeopardy for West Ham. Okay, I like that. Carver-Lewin scores the winner down there. Not score for 20 games. West Ham's the club he likes playing against the most. In terms of his career goals, um, so one nil Everton. I'll even go with Dominic Calvert Lewin. Okay. Well, the pressure is building, Joe. I have been positive the past couple of weeks, and any time we've been positive, we haven't got a win. But what are you saying? <laughs> I mean, I like Gav's logic there. I do. I love uh, it. Yeah. You know, I mean, if Everton come away from this with a win, yeah. a home win, and Dominic Calvert Lewin back on the score sheet, then yeah, seven points, a boost for Calvert Lewin, boost for the home fans. I mean, that would be some week that win, wouldn't it? Uh, I think everyone wins tomorrow. Um, I think they win 2-0. So that's, that's where I'm going. The, the outlook compared to last week before the points deduction appeal, if we win, is just absolutely oh, massive, isn't it? It, it is huge. Because I think as well that if Everton, if Everton better Luton's results tomorrow, and at which point they either move six points or eight points clear of them, then really you're in a situation where probably Everton just have to match Luton for the rest of the season, just to stay mm. up. They can maintain either. They can maintain at least a six-point gap. You would work on the basis that they'd be relatively comfortable at staying up. And you think that they can maintain a six-point gap to whoever's third from bottom and keep Forest between them and the dotted line. Then you would think surely they're safe. So yeah, the the yeah, the picture for the season changes dramatically. So I'm going to go positive again. One nil. So Everton. Yeah. I go to, I'm gonna go with you, Bell Carbert Lewin. Let's get him back on the score. There's no sheet. logic to that, by the way, apart from uh, as I say, well it would just be apt, wouldn't it, really? There's no logic to anything these days, is there? No, no, no. Absolutely. But I think it'd be I think it'd be a tough game with West Ham winning on uh, Monday. Moy's got a hasn't got a great record against Everton as managed, by the way. Lost no. ten of his sixteen matches yeah. against us. So. I think it's got a little bit better, doesn't it, over the past couple of yeah. years, like say we obviously we got the better of them at the West Ham Stadium. So yeah. Anything you mean Gav, you're gonna be there? I'll be there, yeah, yeah. Joe, yeah. you're oh, yeah, be yeah. going to be there. Yeah. Could be old one, I think. I'm going to have to wrap up for it. Yeah, yeah. well, it's freezing today, so anything is there to go by today. It's going to be cold tomorrow. I'm going to be there in the local address. Joe, what can we expect from uh, the coverage tomorrow? Player ratings, match verdict, the usual stuff? Oh, yeah, live blog and all that. So, you know, live, live blog in a game when either side wants possession of the balls. <laughs> I think um, <laughs> It's going to be an interesting one. But yeah, we'll have absolutely everything. Obviously, press conference with Deitch after, hopefully a player, unless you get, this is a really bad day. So, um, you know, just obviously that carries through the weekend. So, plenty to keep an eye on. Fantastic. Well, we'll call it a day there, unless there's anything else, guys, anything else to, to touch on? Gabby, no, I don't, I don't want to talk about uh, appeal boards and stuff, but I just think um, 
as I say, it'll be interesting to see what the, the second commission say. But it's been a good week for us, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been. But every way you look at it, even if you just get a draw tomorrow, decent points at Brighton, four points back, decent points against West Ham, that is a good week. Yeah. Let's finish the week off even more positive with a win tomorrow. So, yeah, please remember to hit the subscribe button on the Royal Blue YouTube channel. Please give us a like, give us a follow. Follow us on Facebook, Everton FC, Liverpool Echo. I've been Ian Kroll. I've been joined by Joe Thomas and Gav Buckland. And this has been the Royal Blue Podcast. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.